Welcome to Dungeons and Tangents. My name is Robert. And my name is Eric. And uh, this episode, we are changing the format of Dungeons and Tangents a little bit. And the main change is that we are primarily a podcast now. We're not using a camera to videotape us because most of our episodes are primarily just audio, us talking, a conversation. It's true. And at the end of the day, I just I can't be bothered to wear pants. So... <laughs> This works out well for And I us. can't be bothered to shave. Yes. So, so uh, one other note is that we are, well, we've already started this, but we are regularly releasing our episodes on iTunes every Tuesday. But today's subject is session structure. So, like, the structure of your D&D game session. Right. It, uh, it's something that we've been thinking about a while recently, and realized that there's not really a format to it, or for me anyway, I've never had an official format or just an agreement. It's always been this implied or assumed thing that we're going to show up, we're going to talk for a little while, um, and and then at some point, you know, we're going to play some D and D. Well, it's kind of like like anything you do in uh, anything you do when you're a kid. You don't necessarily think back on, well, why am I doing it this way? You just happen to do it that way because you've always done it that way. Right. It's almost this kind of uh, behavior that's carried over from when you're a kid. When you, mm-hmm. I guess depending on when you learn to play D&D, right? Uh, if you learn to play it when you're you know 10 years old and you're used to just kind of your friends get together and whatever you're going to do that day just kind of happens. You don't, yeah. you, know, you don't have an itinerary. Then you associate that with whatever you're doing as opposed to, you know people in their 30s and 40s that are professionals and are used to having very structured days. And then for whatever <laughs> anomalous reason, like I'm going to get five or six people together on a Saturday and it'll just work out, right? Right. Um, for me, I wouldn't do that in any other part of my life. Why am I doing it for Dungeons and Dragons, right? I don't know. Why are you? I don't, I, <laughs> I'm doing it wrong. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm having my fun wrong. But that's okay because... <laughs> We've recognized it, and we're going to try and move forward from that. Well, in, in discussions about this topic, we realized there are a couple patterns. Yes. You had like a pseudo-introspective moment about realizing how it all comes together. Well, basically, there's, for me, I think there's what I call, for lack of a better name for it, peak focus or peak gaming, where everybody is focused at the table. Everybody's playing. Everybody's moving the story forward. Uh, They're not on their phones. They're not eating pizza. They're not doing all that. There's that peak focus, and there's everything else. And there's a lot of everything else. And and when I think about gaming, all I think about is that. I I call it like it's the meat of the session. Yeah. It's it's the where all of the the narrative happens, where all the gameplay happens. I think of that as the game. And I I don't think about that other stuff that you you're talking about. It kind of ebbs and flows, right? So before you get to that peak part of your gaming session, right? There's a lot of distractions. For me, yeah. the biggest one is food, right? <laughs> because I like to eat. And so when I get there, I'm usually hungry, right? And I schedule games at like 11. Right, so, so I, I haven't eaten yet, and, and I, I think that's a really valid point. Though the time of day is going to really oh, yeah. affect things, right? And also the people that you have there. Um, I am unapologetically not a morning person, 
And that's okay because it's 11 and 11 isn't really the morning. But for Robert, 11 is pretty early morning on right. Saturday, right? I like I to guess, get up around 2 or 3. I guess I think of 11 o'clock as being, well, it's right before lunch. So everybody's going to be hungry in an hour. But you're like, well, it's just about time for breakfast. I'm, I'm not even sure, you know, what my name is at that point. It's, and then I wake up. But I'll, I'll come to the session. And this happened a couple sessions ago. And somebody else had the foresight and maturity to take care of themselves and bring food. And then that's when it hits me. Oh, man, I'm starving, right? And that's all I'm going to think of for the next hour is, uh, is it rude if I go and I get food? Because I don't want to keep, I don't want to stop the session or delay things, but they're eating. So we're not really playing just yet. And depending on who you're playing with, like you could have a good full hour before you really start to, you know, hit the table and play. You know, you're going to wait for people to show up. You're going to talk about work or whatever. I mean, it's going to happen, right? And me as a as a DM, I mean, I've I've been your DM for a year now. About that, yeah, yeah. And I don't push people to get past that that settling down time. And you shouldn't have to. Well, I don't. Think sometimes you I think I sh- I should be a little more assertive and be like, okay, everybody. It's time for the game to start, and let's remember, you know. Well, right, but if you just say it's time for the game to start, yeah. that's you dictating, okay, this is this is how it's going to be, right? Yeah. And honestly, I mean, it's your game, it's your place, it's not completely unreasonable for you to do that. No. But what we discussed was having a shared agreement with the group that this is the structure and we all understand that. Now, right. we can make revisions to it and all that, but the idea is we all come to that session knowing how this is going to play out. Well, that's what we do at work as professionals. <laughs> we don't go to a, a meeting or a seminar, right, or a conference and be like, well, what are we going to do today? Oh, I don't know. I just figured we'd all get together and work out, right? No, there's a very structured – it doesn't necessarily have to be regimented, although sometimes right. it can be, but it's structured. There's a, there's a shared, accurate perception and expectation of what's going to happen that day, right? Yeah. Which is incredibly important if you want to actually get anything done. Uh, and it becomes more important the more people you have and or the more complex uh, the content. It sounds a little weird because we're talking about a game, but you're not going to get much done if you just sit there and wait for somebody else to start it, right? Well, Because yeah. that but, somebody else is going to wait for somebody else to start it. But that's the D- I feel like that's my job as a DM, to be the guy who says, okay, I'm going to start telling you about this thing that happens. And I, I don't think that's wrong. My, my point is that if you just say that without that shared agreement, you're kind of dictating how things are going to go. Yeah. Whereas if that shared agreement's there and right. you say it, you're not dictating. You're enforcing that agreement. We all knew what was right. going to happen. We all know what's going on, right? And so, that's just we've, we as adult players of D&D don't generally get together with that group of friends and say, hey, let's talk about the structure right. of our session. Yes. And the first half hour, we accept the fact that that's going to be us settling in, getting our food together. Maybe it's an hour of eating and talking about uh, D&D and just just socializing yeah. for that hour. And then game doesn't actually start until an hour into us sitting down. And that's okay. Because one, it's okay. And two, yeah. <laughs> it's going to happen. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of people, like, I have it. I know I have it. I have this kind of internal perception that we're going to have we have five hours to game 
we need to squeeze every bit of gaming out of that five yeah. hours, right? And so if I show up and we, we don't start gaming, then I'm holding everybody back. Unless, like, you're just amazing at Dungeons and Dragons, you're not going to game for five hours. No. You're going to go to the bathroom. You're going to get hungry. There's going to be a lull. Someone's going to draw on the map while somebody else is out there smoking or, yeah. or vaping or whatever. Like, it's it's just not practical, right? And again, right back to work, it's not practical to say we have an eight-hour, nine-hour work day. You're, gonna, you're just going to work. Right. You've got a lunch break. You've got, you know, breaks in between. Yeah. Like, we're not built that way. No. But if you just accept that, okay, well, we're going to show up around this time. Uh, for the first 45 minutes, an hour, we're going to talk and, you know, talk about, talk about whatever. Maybe eat some food. And we also talked about the type of game that you play, specifically maps and minis versus theater of the mind. It's incredibly important for that first hour, if you want to have like pizza, burgers, whatever it is that you want to eat, that is going to take up that real estate, let's just carve out that time and agree to that because you cannot proceed because you don't have, well, depending on how much space you have. Yeah. For our situation, you just don't have that space to eat and have the, those different props, the maps, the menus, yeah. all that out there. It's one or the other, I mean, right? We're, we're playing at a, a six-person dining room table. Exactly. And I think that's a very normal sort of gaming space to play at. I think it's an ideal gaming space because you don't have to reach too much, right? Yeah. Uh, but it's it's a tight fit if you want to do something other than gaming, right? Yeah. Or in addition the, to. The battle mat that we use, well, and it... Like you said, it, it depends on if, if you do Theater of the Mind or if you've got maps and minis. Mm-hmm. Theater of the Mind, everybody could have their food sitting out and their character sheets sit next to their food. Pizza really all day. <laughs> You're good to go, right? Uh, I'm not as good with Theater of the Mind. I need something physical and tactile and visual. And to, I enjoy it. Yeah. and But that means that it's taking up like a four foot by three foot space yes. for that map. And people are spilling over their, their character sheets and their dice onto yes. the map. And that's that's just the way it is. However, I like to eat. So how do we, you know, reconcile that? You know, you have two types of food. You have your kind of, you know, I'm here to eat, uh, pizza, burgers, whatever that might they be. They call that right? a meal. A, a meal. Entree. <laughs> um, and then you have your snacks. Right. Okay. I don't think there's anybody who's going to. You know, raise their hand and say, ah, snacks don't have any place in Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> okay? Uh, I, th- I think there are people who would say snacks have everything to do. Snacks are synonymous with Dungeons and yeah. Dragons as far as I'm concerned. Snacks are amazing. Because you're going to be sitting down for an hour to five or six hours, you're going to need some food. And you're not going to want to stop everyone and say, hey, let's let's go get lunch and then come back to this. Right. Now, I think we've talked about snack etiquette as far as you oh, know, yeah. Cheetos and all that. Nothing that's going to get something on the minis. Nothing that's going to get smears on your books and all that. And that's just me specifically, right? But I'm kind of particular. But there's way to, ways to set this up where it's good. But the point being that we show up and the first hour we're going to talk, we're going to eat, right? Yeah. And everybody understands that. And then we're going to, that's going to wind down and we're going to move towards the next part of our session. Right. I, I, I consider it the getting settled Right? Oh, so food is, and then settling. Well, after food, right? You start looking right. at your character and all of that, that's, right? That's true. Um, the DM's going to start looking and refreshing. What are we doing in the session? No, I'm ready. Um, I'm, I'm ready before you guys. But, <laughs> what, well, what's the first thing that you do after that? You have to start getting your players 
in tune and in sync. Yeah. Uh, going yeah. around what happened last time. Yep. What did you do last time? How or, did the session end? Or if it's the first one, it's you're all in a tavern together. Introducing new characters, right? Yeah. But the getting things aren't quite moving just yet. You're still kind of getting in sync. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The distractions are done, but yeah. you can't just go from distractions to you know full throttle right. firing all cylinders. There's a little bit roll for initiatives. Right. You could, <laughs> you know, um, but I think there's there is going to be a period where you're, you're getting some things out of the way, and, and I think that's going to be a very familiar cadence session to session. Yeah, right? yeah. Distractions, no distractions, getting focused, and then you hit that sweet spot where things are moving, everybody's engaged. It just it really flows really well, and you're gonna get the most gaming with in the smallest amount of time in that part of your session. Right. When we brought up this topic, like I said, I wasn't thinking of the things that weren't game. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about the things that are game, which is that that middle section. Yes. I I think of it kind of like a, a three act play, and you you do a drew a diagram the other day that was the three act play diagram. But you were talking about the entirety of the session, including that getting food, getting settled. Right. So act one of a D&D session is get food, get settled. Act two is playing the game. And act three is kind of the, this end section where you have a resolution of some sort. I mean, it could be a cliffhanger. It could be, and right. roll for initiative, we'll deal with this battle next time. And then other things, again, talking about the, the not gaming part of it, clean up. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to wipe down the map unless you're in a position where you can leave things as they are, which oh, I've been in that position, but it's pretty rare. Yeah. Um, that would be amazing. I'd love, so I would love that. take a picture of the map, clean it up, put the minis back in whatever storage it is. Everybody has to say goodbye. And, you know, and, and scheduling the next game. Scheduling the next game. Very that, important. That's something uh, Scott, who's in our game uh, that we've been playing recently, he's really good about reminding me we got to schedule the next game because I think he's been in, in a lot of situations where people forget to schedule it right then and there at the end of the game, and then it doesn't get scheduled. <laughs> yeah, I've just found that as time goes by, the the older, I mean, that's sort of the, the age, but the more adulting you have to do <laughs> and being a grown-up, the harder it is to get five or six people yeah. in the same place consistently, right? Um, things come up, just... It's not like you have a weekend and it's sleepovers and D and D. It's like you know all this stuff keeps coming up, um, and it's it's very helpful to schedule it right then and there when everybody's there. This, Otherwise, this is why there are old folks' homes, <laughs> so that everybody's D&D. always doing sleepovers and D and D. All right, just sign me up. So, <laughs> so when we're in our eighties, <laughs> we'll be in the same old folks' home, and Chris Rutledge will be there. Yes, and and D and D. Um, that's that's too that's too long. We need to, we need to move that up a little bit. <laughs> I know I've cut you off. That's okay. Uh, so, as a DM, when I'm thinking of that meat of the session, I'm thinking of that as a three act play as well. Yes, because it's like uh, the first part of that that meat is introduce new characters if there are new characters, introduce new conflict if there's new conflict. You know, there there is a bit of the remind people of what happened last time, but but after that, after you get into the actual meat of play and you're in the narrative and you're playing the game and you're rolling dice, you introduce new characters, new conflict, let the characters start dealing with that conflict and build the suspense 
Now, now we've moved into the second act and we're, there are obstacles that the, the players have to deal with. And maybe there's a twist or two. And then the third act is the resolution, which generally should be in the hands of the... I think it should be in the hands of the players. But I'm the one who's going to say, and let's wrap it up right here. Ideally, yes. Ideally. Uh, so you should be guiding the players, I think. You know, yeah. Have that, that kind of that light touch. Uh, make it seem like you're not doing anything at all, if you can. Um, I want to be more cognizant when I'm running a game of the end the ending of the game because more often than not we're just moving along and then like my blood sugar starts dropping and I start yes. getting tired and I'm just like ah, let's just wrap it up here because I'm tired the same, <laughs> the same thing happens to the players too right it does um, and then you start to get you know that frayed focus which is yeah. why I, I talk about that peak focus and it has two kind of two dimensions to it in that you talked about having that three act play Mm-hmm. And it being within that peak focus period of yeah. that diagram that I had drawn out, right? But it doesn't have to be. It should be, right? But if you think well, about that true. peak focus of what it is, is it's when your players are most engaged, right? So that's when you want to be giving them the meat of your content, right? Of, right. of this is where that three-act play is. You want to present that content while people are paying attention, if you shift outside of that peak focus and you're giving us the plot points or the highlights right. when we're not paying attention, yeah, it doesn't work out well, right? Because we don't right. know what's going on. And then you get frustrated because nobody's paying attention, right? Or if we're paying attention when you're not giving us you know, the stuff that's the most interesting, we're, we're not going to pay attention for very long, right? right. You want to sync up you know, that cadence and that ebb and flow. Because that, that window of attention isn't infinite right i think of it as infinite when i go into the game i think oh we're gonna play for however many hours and it's just we're just gonna keep playing i have to fill five hours right right you Uh, don't but really since that window is finite i need to be thinking about the end maybe not at the very beginning but sometime i should be thinking about the end of that game and i should be the the uh glengarry glen ross quote comes to mind always be closing always know when this game is going to come to a close Mm -hmm. and how it's going to come to a close and have something ready for that uh and i don't do that (laughs) i have the best sessions i've done have had the end in mind when i started that costume party that i mentioned in the memorable moments i knew exactly how it was going to end I knew it had a number of different potential outcomes, but I knew sort of um, when I hit one of those potential outcomes, the game was over, and I could say, and we'll pick up next time. Uh, And that felt very natural, right? It didn't feel like it was being drawn out. didn't feel like it was abrupt. It felt like this was the natural part where we need to wrap up the game. Yeah. Um, And you talk about that that focus, that attention span being not being infinite— um, the other thing is you want to spend it wisely. It is a finite resource, but you don't want to waste it. So if we know that you know, from hour two to hour four, we're going to be gaming, hour one, we're eating, hour five, we're wrapping up, et cetera, or however that plays out, yeah. 
I'm not trying to pay attention or uh, are we starting yet? You know, <laughs> you know, for that first hour, I can just say, Hey, cool. Uh, we are eating and I'm going to go and, you know, grab a five minute nap on the couch and, and <laughs> I'm not going to piss anybody off. Right. Oh, yeah. And you're not like, Oh, should I start now? Or, you know, you're not trying to burn that attention during that right. off limit times. Right? right. And it's not like we're trying to, again, in, enforce these strict things, just, no, just that be- shared agreement so that we all know what we're doing. Now that I know about this, now that I have cognitively taken into account the fact that there are times in the game where I don't have to be on as a DM, then I won't try to be on as a DM for that first hour. I can just settle down behind the screen, flip through some notes, make sure everybody's got what they need for food and water. You don't have to feel like you're being rude. It's just everybody's on the same page. Yeah. Um and I just never thought about that before. I hadn't really either. I And I think that's one of the benefits of doing this podcast is that we get to be a little introspective about something we've done without being introspective, with just kind of following the, the footsteps of others before us. And you know what's interesting is I've never thought of it before. I've never thought, of, you know, we need to do this, but I've seen it multiple times. You'll see this if you ever go to any kind of organized play where people don't know each other. Oh, that's true. It's very defined. Yes, it is. The more you game with people who you know, the more you better you know them, the, you know, maybe your old friends, there's just this assumed understanding of what's going to happen. Yeah. But my assumption and your assumptions may not be the same. They might be wildly different. They might be close. But just that yeah. little bit of difference can cause that kind of fatigue of trying to figure out those expectations, right? Yeah. Whereas if you have something that's defined, it's even more important, I think, the better you know the group which is counterintuitive, right? You would think it's more important when you don't know each other. Now I feel horrible for uh, eating at the table at an open play game. I wouldn't worry about it. You'll never see him again. Well, it's true. <laughs> I don't think anybody thinks about this kind of stuff, right? It's, and you don't have to the, treat like overproducing something, but just having a, a simple understanding I yeah, incredibly valuable. I'm going to use this knowledge, uh, well, this, this Saturday, where last... or not last Saturday, but the Saturday before, I wouldn't have. I I remember that game. I came in and I, I was trying to be on immediately. As soon as Ben walked up to the door, I was like, oh shit, I have to be, I have to be the DM now. <laughs> and then me being a jerk was 20 minutes late, and so you had to yeah. be on for 20 minutes for nothing. For, yeah, right? for nothing. And I could have uh, just been hanging out in my slippers and PJs. And I think that's not a problem for some people. For me... <laughs> Uh, I'm pretty introverted. That's yeah. very taxing for me to do that, right? That's true. I I am actually an extrovert. So being on gives me a little energy. Most introverts being on like that, it's it's draining. Yeah, for D&D, like I I there were nights I don't sleep that night. I'm so excited to play. <laughs> um but I could rest and be very rested. But when I'm done playing, I go home and I, I hit the bed. I take a nap. I'm exhausted of just, <laughs> you know, hour after hour of nonstop engaging other people. Even though I know them and we're friends, it, it can it can be pretty draining because I, I'm constantly, you know, overthinking this, or overthinking that. When mm-hmm. it's just like I could... I can just turn that off and eat pizza for the next 20 minutes. That's actually really <laughs> valuable for me, right? Right. Um, so I I feel like have we missed any topics? I, um, I think the we, the last thing we have is the wrap up, which we're having, doing a horrible job of right now. Yes. We keep kind of circling. 
Um, avoid thought, drawing things out. Yeah. Right. By having that defined stopping point. Yep. Um, and and again, this specific structure doesn't have to be the end all be all. I'm sure no, I've got it wrong. You it, could pepper some breaks in there, right? Well, that's true. Yeah. Uh, I mean, w- when we used to do the flex group and it was a four to six hour game, um, mm-hmm. we would have one or two breaks in the middle of there. There were a couple times I was asleep at that table. <laughs> the, like the last hour, I was out. Oh, yeah. I know there were a couple times when I'm like, does anybody remember what happened last time? Um, and and it like, wasn't the no. game, like that one specifically, because it was Fridays after work. Like yeah. I, I'd just been working, you know, we all just been at the office for, you know, the past, you know, eight, nine, ten hours. Yeah. And then another six hours on that. Again, <laughs> I might have been work, asking a bit much of people. After work, I generally go home and take a nap. Yeah. You know? um, naps are pretty central focused for me, so. <laughs> yeah, the, I feel like that, that that wrap-up is usually rather straightforward. It's just kind of like clean up and schedule the next game and yeah, everybody takes off and that's it. But how, do, how do we end this, the podcast? Uh, I, th- I think we're good. Okay. Um, so obviously today we talked about uh, the structure that you have in a session of D&D, both the gameplay itself as well as the things that aren't gameplay. Next episode, we're going to be talking about the anatomy of an encounter, kind of a a microcosm within the subject we just talked about. If you like us, subscribe to us on whatever format you prefer, iTunes, Google Play, etc. The most important thing you can do, though, is rate us on iTunes. That makes a big difference. Uh, It just gets it in front of people so that people can see the podcast. Yeah. Um... And if if you're listening on another format like Google Play, do they do they do ratings? Don't they? I have no idea how Google Play handles all that. I don't know either. And but I you can it. listen to us on Google Play. You, you can absolutely subscribe. Can. And also, we have our Twitter accounts. Oh, that's right. Um, Dungeon underscore tangent, or sorry, at dunder, blah, at Dungeon underscore tangent. And that's a great way if you have a suggestion for what you want to hear us talk about next or if you think that you have a take on session structure and you hey you could try this or that you could absolutely you know tweet us reach out to us direct message us we'd love to hear from anybody uh about you know what your ideas are or uh what you liked or what you didn't like about uh, what we talked about i think that is all for this episode thank you very much for joining us